0: Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast here on a football Monday. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. And Bo, you know, we were going to ask a question that already got answered today. Who's going to be QB1 against the New York Giants at home this coming Sunday? It's what we thought. It's yeah. Josh Nobbs yet again for Jonathan Gannon.
1: No surprises there, as we kind of outlined in the post game show yesterday's Crucial as those two turnovers were from Joshua Dobbs. It's just not a good tone to set. If you're flip-flopping between quarterbacks, especially a guy that you brought in on short notice, you put a ton of pressure on Joshua Dobbs shoulders. And I think that, you know, Dobbs, as far as, you know, the performance, I think everybody wants plays back, but I think that they believe they can get him up to speed and put him in a position to be competitive as this team signal caller in the interim while they wait for Kyler Murray to get back healthy and ready to go.
0: Yeah. It's frustrating. I know for Cardinal fans, people were were coming at us coming at me yesterday. Well-deserved. It's like, well, you said Joshua Dobbs is going to play better. I, you know, I thought Joshua Dobbs would play better than that, but I, I am still very much in the corner of Colt McCoy would have been worse. I know people are out yeah. there in the media and the fan base. Think what you want. Colt McCoy could not complete passes. He physically could not operate as a quarterback for this team. Like Joshua Dobbs, say what you want about him yesterday. Like physically, he's fine. He's got Mm -hmm. mobility, he's got a big arm. He's just got to get to a point where they can trust him and feel comfortable in this offense. And then, you know, we'll talk about Clayton Toon. I'm sure that's a different category. So I think, you know, it's, of course, you would rather, and this was never my argument, Bo, you would rather have the experience of Colt McCoy over Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon. This is I mean, this is a physical game. This is a young man's game. And if you're going out there and you can't operate, it doesn't matter right. how great you think you're going to be. I mean, Peyton Manning's body fell apart at the end. He couldn't he couldn't operate. So for me, it's like, of course, you want Josh Dobbs to be better than yesterday. He was bad. I'm not going to sit here and say he wasn't bad. But I also feel like, can we give him a little bit more time? This was a team that was projected, and this is what hurts the most. They were projected to, to lose by seven-plus points. A lot of people thought they were going to get blown out. And they should have won that game. And it's because of Dobbs and Drew Petsing that they did.
1: Yeah, I mean, people should be upset about a missed opportunity to win a football game. Absolutely. absolutely. Putting things in perspective, though, as far as, you know, how Joshua Dobbs had very little time to prepare coming into an offense. Sure, he was familiar with, but a a team and teammates that he's not. uh, It's I think it's it's borderline irresponsible to say that Colt McCoy would have won that football game. I I really do. I think that you you think that. Because you're playing to, uh, you know, kind of a raucous crowd that wanted, you know, everything's, the, gr- the grass is greener on, on the side of wherever you are of Joshua Dobbs. And I think that you're discounting how hard the play, the quarterback position is in the NFL. I mean, it's it's absurdly hard. When you look at guys like Kirk Cousins, who cost the Vikings a game that they should have won in Tampa Bay, he made two crucial errors, uh, and and he's a guy that's played at a very high level at at the quarterback position. Daniel Jones looked like absolute just uh, trash water last night playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, You know, the the other team gets paid to play the, the. We knew what the Washington Commanders were about. Their stout front seven, Jonathan Allen, was the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL yesterday. He was. And, you know, you can say that's an indictment on the Arizona Cardinals offensive line. But I think that, you know, they had a just a true task ahead of them in, in slowing down Allen and slowing down Daron Payne and slowing down Montez Sweat. And sometimes they weren't successful in doing so. And Josh and Joshua Dobbs playing with a wet football playing in a system that he's not, you know, the system he might be familiar with, but his teammates, he's not. I mean, I think people are just, they're just, they're discounting it way too much, but then they're saying, Hey, yeah. Colt McCoy who didn't have any arm arm strength to spare wasn't right physically as far as, you know, what he was going to be able to get or lack thereof getting on the football and say, he's going to go out there and he's going to cut dice up the Washington Commanders secondary. I think that that's just, that's ignorant.
0: They, they gave him every benefit of the doubt over yes. the season. He got every opportunity. They wanted it to be Colt McCoy. But he didn't participate. <laughs> they basically gave him a free pass through training camp and preseason. And then they went to Minnesota, and he embarrassed himself. I mean, let's be honest, and I, I know that's being critical, but like, like he couldn't complete passes. He was throwing ducks out there. He has not been signed by another team. He hasn't been worked out by another team. He He might be done physically for his NFL career. Well, the same Minnesota Vikings team, by the way, that was horrific defensively last year that just got picked apart by Baker Mayfield. That, that That's the one that Colt McCoy couldn't ple- complete balls on during a joint practice. I mean, like, Gannon is close with that staff in Minnesota, and they had a very specific thing, a way of how they wanted to run those joint practices. And it was it was evident, like, two days in. We, we can't function like this. So I'm sure Gannon is frustrated, but at the same time encouraged by the idea of, like, well, if we're worth our salt as coaches and people to develop talent and players, we got to be able – it's an indictment on us if we can't get Josh Dobbs to play better than he did this weekend because physically he has the capabilities, he has the tools, whereas Colt McCoy, while he, he's he got the moxie and experience, he just doesn't have the tools to compete anymore. Like you were never going to get to a point where you're going to be competitive with Colt McCoy. Like I, I do think – people call me nuts after yesterday – I think, you know, five, six weeks down the line, if Dobbs is still playing, like he's going to get better. You you can't, you can't convince me. Otherwise they will be, they will be better than the product. I know it's not hard to say than they showed yesterday.
1: You know, and Joshua Dobbs said post game and he took responsibility. He said, that's on me as far as not being able to handle the snap and, and the fumble before that. Uh, he, he said that he expects to make a big jump. Now you can take uh, that's from the player himself. And, I'm, and, and you have to appreciate the confidence and, and hopefully he's got a kind of a realistic idea of, of what he has to do uh, in order to get there. And Jonathan Gannon, you know, was asked about the offense and its shortcomings. And he said, you know, yesterday he, he wasn't able to completely pinpoint it because he didn't have all the, the video evidence uh to to support it. But now he's, you know, he's basically said, look, offensively, and I'm paraphrasing, they put themselves in tough positions all day long, all day long, you know, whether it's a penalty here or whether it was a negative play, the negative yardage plays is the one that he circled specifically, that they were putting themselves second and third and long, and you just couldn't run this offense and you couldn't run it with a guy with the full playbook uh, with Joshua Dobbs in there and look people calling for tune as well i mean tunes the other side of this to to the colt mccoy truthers out there is like tune is playing rice last year he you know he's he's, he wasn't playing the stout front seven of the washington commanders and he i I just don't think anybody had any confidence that he was going to be able to go out there pre-snap and diagnose what he needed to in order to go play play really solid football. And and I think that they they have a lot of confidence in tune, hopefully down the road, but right now they needed a guy with some experience under his belt.
0: Like they didn't make a mistake cutting Colt McCoy when they did. They made him, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. They didn't make a mistake cutting Colt McCoy. They made a mistake cutting Colt McCoy when they did. Like they should have been all in with Joshua Dobbs in hindsight is, you know, 2020 last March. We talked about it on yesterday's postgame show. Like, Josh Dobbs entrenched as the starter for six months with Clayton Toon getting some reps too and working on exchanges with Yelda Froldholt and his rapport with Trey McBride and Michael Wilson and Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you can't convince me it's not going to be way better than what we saw yesterday. They have to eat that. They have to own that. Like, Austin Ford and Gannon and Petsing are probably all sitting in a room today and just having a canon conversation of, we blew that opportunity for our team yesterday because everybody else was buttoned up sure there was some miscues on the offensive line we knew they would be i mean you're telling me elijah wilkinson and yelda frodo couldn't couldn't hold up against the washington defensive line here's my shocked face but the <laughs> but the the secondary was fantastic the front seven was unbelievable like i'm sure there's a part of Monty Austin for is like you know that that's on me we should have been better we should have been more proactive in getting somebody else in here whether it's dobbs or gardner Minshew in the spring so that we didn't look like that week one because the Cardinal quarterback play was to be expected. I think that that's that's the frustrating part. Anybody who doubted this team, everybody nationally expected Josh Dobbs to look that way. Where it's disheartening is the rest of the team looked bought in and ahead of schedule. And you can rationalize why Dobbs looked like that because he's been here for two weeks. That's the most frustrating thing is like, hey, what Gannon and company are doing outside of quarterback because they're missing their franchise quarterback, it's working. They should have won that game yesterday. They should have proved everybody wrong. James Conner's running well, 4.4 yards per carry. Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Trey McBride looked good. The defense was unbelievable. Prater goes three for three. That's a game you you need to win, and they blew it back in March. They didn't blow it yesterday. Yeah. They didn't blow it two weeks ago. They They blew it back in March, April, when we're doing this show, and we're like, well, what's the plan, guys? Because I know it's not number 12.
1: Well, they were trying to give 12 the benefit of the doubt. Like they they were hoping not necessarily for a miracle, but they were hoping, you know, betting on a 37 year old quarterback to to get his arm strength back to where it was when this was a guy that in six starts over the last two seasons, won three games and was able to operate an offense enough to, to beat, you know, solid football teams in Seattle and in San Francisco. uh, And then also a down Rams team last year. So I think that, you know Colt McCoy. There was they, they were holding out hope. They had him already in house, and they were a guy. They could get their hands on him right away, as far as trying to get him up to speed. And then also what you heard and know about Colt McCoy about the leader that he is, the guy that he is in that locker room, and how much respect he gets from his teammates and his coaches alike, which is is great. But you know the quarterback position. There are so many variables that go into it, to where you you you. To be successful and you know if you're not on top of you know how many buckets it is we'll say maybe three buckets is like experience obviously uh skill set and then also going out there and making plays and not making mistakes like if you're not on top of all those you'll lose a football game and you'll sometimes you'll lose a football really badly like daniel jones did on sunday night so uh, look, uh, Joshua Dobbs, I, I see in the chat somebody saying you, you're getting kind of Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen vibes. I, I just I don't I think I'll push back on that. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. like Sam Bradford had more kind of Colt McCoy vibes where that's what it would have looked like. It would have looked like a guy who'd taken so many hits in his NFL career and didn't want to take any more because he knew that the next one could could definitively knock him out and into retirement and and Sam Bradford played those three games scared. And I just don't think uh, y- you didn't want to see Colt McCoy do that. And a credit to this organization for not putting him in that position and, and pivoting to Dobbs who now has, you know, I'm not saying he has a ton of upside. Like once you see like the best version of Dobbs, like what is that? It's probably a backup call caliber player, but what do we know about solid backups? Like Colt McCoy, when he was healthy, he can go out there. And, and if he operates the offense and the entire playbook, or the playbook to its entirety, you can win a football game.
0: Yeah, like they, they win yesterday. You don't even have to throw a touchdown pass. And, you know, I, I see a lot today, you know, with let's put blame on Dobbs. And uh, like, uh, I'm putting blame on a couple other people. We'll talk about it later during trending up, trending down. Josh Jobs is making under a million dollars. And he's, and he's been here for two weeks. What about his left tackle that's making $15 million, that's been in this league and been a part of this program since 2015? was not good enough yesterday. Got beat in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, like, if you're Zach Ertz, and, and you know, this this is on Drew Petsing, too, and Gannon called him a, a premier player, that's fine. But, like, okay, you're going to play. Like, we need you to catch the balls that, you know, hit your hands. Like, you dropped a pass on third and sixth to extend the drive, and then additionally, you dropped a touchdown. Like, those are plays you have to make if you want to be a team on the road with a backup quarterback. Like, I'm uh, to, put, uh, to put all this on Joshua Dobbs, I just – again, people are going to think I'm making excuses. No, like, everybody has blame, Dobbs included – but, like, no one's without fault today. The offensive line, certain skill players, the coaching staff, the general manager, like, this this is not going to define their season because I, I thoroughly believe, Bobrock, they're going to get better. But if you wanted to kick off this rebuild, and I know some people are putting it out saying that's fine, like, celebrate a close loss, but it's a loss, and they need to keep losing. Like, that's just not going to be my style. Like, knowing Gannon and company, like, I get it. Everybody wants a high pick. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., that could come anyway. But like winning games for this young group, knowing what success looks like and looking at the scoreboard and coming out victorious, that's huge for this for this franchise. Like I, I don't want any part of a one in 16 season. I want this team to try to win as many games as they can with the roster they put together. So Michael Wilson and Paris Johnson Jr. and Zayvon Collins can know what it's like to have success in the NFL. I just, I'm, I'm never going to be the guy that, Hey, they lost, and it's – you know, last year was indifferent because it's a regime that everybody mm-hmm. knew needed to go, and David Blau and people that wouldn't like, this is – Jonathan Gann and Matias for this is it. This is the new regime. So being able to reward them for the work that they're putting in with the W I, I think is more important than let's just lose a bunch of games to lose
1: games. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you have to I mean, you, you've got the attention of the players in that locker room. You've got the attention of everybody in that building. And, you know, the the more games you lose, regardless of, of how it helps your draft stock, uh, it gives you the re- very real potential in in a in a league that's based on results of losing people's attention and focus and buy in. So, you know, yes, they they understand that. They're not just going to go out there and and just and punt on the 2020-2023 th- season. Uh, you know, I look at this and we think about the, the Dopp's performance and you look at the overall numbers and obviously his inability to throw the ball downfield. It really didn't throw a lot of balls down past 10 passes. I mean, it wasn't Justin Fields bad where he had three of his 37 passes that went past 10 yards. It was a little bit better than that, but not much. Uh, but I think of like, couple times where this offense was kind of rolling and they shot themselves in the foot and it wasn't Dobbs, right? Sure. He had the two crucial turnovers, but I look at four Oh three left in the third quarter and yeah. they have a couple really solid rock solid runs early on early downs. James Connor looks like he's getting in the rhythm and then you're sitting there on second and like really short and Trey McBride gets whistled for a false start. Your tight end gets popped for a false start. And it backs you up from second and five to, like, second and 15. And it completely just crushed the momentum of that drive. And they're sitting right there around midfield. That was crushing. And then, you know, 445 left in the fourth quarter when this team is, is chasing points, right? and you got a big 16-yard play, great play call by Petsing to Jeff Swaim, tight end, runs 16 yards downfield. You're in Washington territory at the 39, and Will Hernandez is too far downfield. It's a legal procedure. And it's like two of those, like, that crushed you as well. And I think that that's, you know, one of those things where Jonathan Gannon talks about negative yardage plays. That's what he's talking about. That's why, the you know, the two turnovers – look, it's undeniable. Those, those were soul crushing. They lost in the football game, but you know, to to a lot of people's point in the chat, like it's a team game and they lost it as a team.
0: Yeah. I, I would argue too, like that, that critical possession at the end of the third quarter, when your run plays back to back go for negative yards, the second of which was a slow developing run play. And it's like third and 16. It's like, I would not do a seven step drop back with, Joshua Dobbs, the only thing that's going to beat you and then got you beat was turning, uh, turning the ball over. Like at that point, you just almost have to concede like the drive and say, let's do a draw. Let's do just a quick handoff. And, you know, fans are going to be frustrated, let it rip. But at the same time, it's like, no, no, no. What's working is the defensive mindset you've established in playing field position. So that, that to me, I mean, we can go back. I'm sure they're kicking themselves today. But where I
1: mean, where do you put how, just as far as breaking it down in, in percentages, right? Where do, where does the who who deserves the most blame for this loss?
0: I would say it's. I would probably put the most blame of everybody on Monty Austin for today. I mean, I mean I and nobody else is going to have that opinion. That's fine. You you cannot. I mean, like, come,
1: I'm you know, about to come out of this TV screen. I on, love and like, How dare you, Boston yeah. Fort?
0: What, if, what have I said since March? I said he's got one big snap through on his resume. In the grand scheme of things, it may not mean anything. You waited too long to replace Colt McCoy. You stuck your wagon to Colt McCoy, and this is what you get. And again, a lot of people are probably like, Johnny, what's going on? You can't be ripping Colt McCoy on a day like today. The hell, I can't. I'm going to. Joshua Dobbs needed six months. It'd be different if, if we didn't know that they wanted Dobbs in March and April. But They did. And they're 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 sweating over like a hundred grand back then. They're nickel and diamond. It's like no, you guys have like twenty million dollars in cap space. Get him in here. Bring him in the facility. Get him comfortable. Get him to know his teammates. You you had to rip the bandit off in Minnesota, and you left yourself susceptible to this criticism. The minute they traded for Dobbs and cut Colt McCoy, anybody with a brain, especially this podcast and everybody watching, knew they were going to start Dobbs. So it's like okay, you're leaving yourself with criticism here. That if he doesn't play well, it's on you. I'm not putting it on Dobbs. and I didn't love what Petzing did with a lot of those calls in the second half yesterday. but it that's Austin Ford's fault. Like I, I would imagine if you asked Austin Ford, like go throw the football around with Colt McCoy in the spring and and rethink this decision. He's calling USFL games. You wasted too much time. You didn't waste time with Gannon and the culture and the front seven, which was fantastic. You didn't waste time with Michael Wilson. You blew six months of critical off-season development with a guy that needed to get you to Kyler Murray, and it it blew up in your face yesterday. That's it. You can't convince me otherwise. Otherwise,
1: I won't let you slander my sweet baby Monty Austin for it. How he dare you? Makes
0: mistakes. He, I mean,
1: it's it's look, it's the most glaring mistake. And sure, like I
0: made a Dennis Gardeck's great, give him an extension. Yeah, I'm sorry. big time.
1: I, I want actually want to give you the floor later in the show to to really give he a heartfelt apology, yeah, apology yeah. That, you, I'm, that he I'm ready. deserves. It out. Um, but look, uh, you know, I can throw Monty on there as far as the blame goes pretty far down here. Right. I, I mean, I think as far as that team being in, in the position to win that football game on the road, that that's a big credit to Monty Awesome for it. the guys sure. that he went out and he identified most, that are going to fit
0: the most important position. You don't have Kyler Murray, figure it out, do something, figure <laughs> it out. Don't keep Colt McCoy from the prior regime. And let him dick around this offseason, for lack of a – he wasn't dicking around. The team dicked around with him, and then they cut him. Like, you blew, you blew that. You
1: screwed Let, that up? Let's take a look at what Josh – I think Josh, he's, he's breaking it down. Is You're throwing a ton of blame on the shoulders of Monty Austin for it. Josh Burleson saying 10% dumb penalties. Yeah, you're right there, Damon. Uh, 10% dumb penalties, 20% Monty, 25% Dobbs, 10% offensive line failing in the second half, 10% we have no depth at CB and getting burned. I don't know if I agree with that. And 15% D-lining consistent leading to a TD, 10% bad – play calls situationally not bad i i don't think josh is far off i i and i think it's more i would i would rank it as dobbs petzing um why do you,
0: why do you make that face or josh Dobbs that was making tiktoks 10 days ago didn't Hey, i guess I'm it's going a snap I'm going from
1: of- under center my man it's a from snap from under center and he, he fumbles he, he, it he deep runs- in their own territory and it sets up Turning in and from a, a, a one-point game to a four-point game. I mean, that was it. That was the end. Of, I mean, you got to take execution and accountability. You it it falls on the shoulders of the quarterback. It. it wasn't like, hey, I don't have any that much time with my teammates. It's a snap from under center. It's the, it's the easiest thing to do in, in NFL history.
0: It wasn't great. He wasn't good yesterday. But you are a product of your leadership. You are a product of the people who put you in a position to do the job. <laughs> And if I screw up, if Dobbs screws up, whomever, you got to take, somebody else has to take fault for that. You think Dobbs, just like your argument with Clayton Toon being playing rice last year and Panera Bread or whatever, <laughs> like he wasn't ready. That's a bad position to put Clayton Toon in. So now Dobbs is here for two weeks. That's a good position to be in. I like, he's an easy target today. I get that. Like, come on, guys. Joshua Dobbs needed to be here and go through a regimented program with this team over the offseason to be ready to play a really good defense and a really good defensive. Head. That defense has made Dak Prescott look terrible. It's made Jalen Hurts look bad. Like, and D- Joshua Dobbs isn't thrown for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, like, th- th- they should have known at that point in the fourth quarter, 16 to 10, we're going to, this is, this is the most points we're going to score today. We got to play field position. They didn't do it. They didn't do it, so they, they failed. up the football. Well, not on seven steps Not a snap. 16. Well, we who got beat there? I just said DJ Humphries. Look to the people who have been here, solidified. Everybody's like, oh Johnny, you're just too nice to the team. Like, no, people screwed up yesterday that led to the loss. I'm not gonna put it on the guy who's been here for 14. I'm sorry for 14 days. Is that that can't be fair? Like I'm sorry, DJ Humphries is making fifteen million dollars. He got taken to the woodshed yesterday afternoon by a couple of all pros, and everybody's telling me he'll be around. He'll be around next year. Uh, he got outplayed by his rookie counterpart, the guy making about a tenth of what he makes in Paris Johnson Jr. I just I I, I, I was high on DJ Humphries, and and then the game started. And it's just like, yeah, this is. I need this to be over.
1: Let's take a look at some of these super chats. Everybody's crushing it in the chat. Uh, Dylan Richards saying we win the game if we sign Dobbs in March. Absolutely. As he said, this, uh, I think it's on the front office, dragging their feet hurt defense bald O-line was shaky so much for better coaching, uh, going to who else we got here. Michael, thank you so much for the uh, $5 super chat. I'm going to assume coaching staff knows more about where tune is and start an NFL regular season game where our, we are playing for not addressing, paying for not addressing the off season. Absolutely, yeah, I, I completely put trust in the coaching staff as far as knowing who's ready, who's not ready, and then the new regime. Great name, four ninety nine super chat. Th- is this the ceiling of Petzing's play calling, or is the play calling lack of trust in Dobbs' ability, or just familiarity, or just you know rapport with, or lack of rapport with his teammates? I think that that's probably he really scaled it back. I really got the feeling that he scaled it back. And because of the the negative plays that were made in early down situations, like what we saw in the preseason, which was a very vanilla playbook for Drew Petzing, he made damn sure that they in late downs were in third and manageable. Like he did whatever it takes. And I think that that's what his, one of his calling cards is going to be. And they just, they couldn't, they couldn't operate. They couldn't function like that on Sunday.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I see people in the chat cards universe. I disagree with you. Disagreeing uh, won't help inaccuracy and fumbles. Like it would help with the center exchange, you know, maybe DJ Humphrey still gets beat, but like maybe they're not in that position if they have a little bit more of a robust playbook, if he's been here for five or six months, what was the stat we got yesterday from Howard balls or somebody else basically saying like 90% of the targets went to like tight ends and backs. Like, not that why much. Is-
1: it was, it was just over half. That's it was 17 16. of yeah. 30.
0: Yeah. So it was like yeah. 60% or whatever. Like, why is that? Because he's not ready to play yet. But they knew that whatever you got from Dobbs, and this again is an indictment of what they had, it was better than what they were seeing every day. They were with them every day, and they watched them, and they said, you know what? This isn't. We're not going to be able to win with this. We got. We we can't evaluate with this. So I just I think it's going to get better. I think it's going to take weeks upon weeks, and who knows? By the time it crescendos, Kyler Murray could be back. But I mean, like you're thinking about. What could make a difference yesterday? And if you're if your initial thought is not the guy who's been here cram session for 10 to 14 days is going to carry us against Ron Rivera and a bunch of first round defensive linemen. Like, I can't help you. That that's that's a very difficult thing to wrap my arms around. You you needed to have your offensive line play the best game that they've played thus far as a unit, which is one of one. I get that. And then like you needed James Conner to have more than 10 carries entering the fourth quarter. Like, that, and that's on Drew Petzing. Like, why is Keontae? I love Keontae Ingram. I think you know he's got a role in this team. Why is he in the game, like at all? Like James Conner is breaking tackles, 4.4 yards per carry. I get it. You want James Conner to make it throughout the season. There's blood in the water. You have a chance well, to upset Washington. You need. You need to. James Conner needed to have 25 carries by the time that game ended. Well,
1: like what I was pointing to in, in four minutes left in the, in the third quarter and James Conner, they were leaning on, on six. He, he had two first down yeah. runs and a good uh, first down run to ch- get five yards and they're rolling close to midfield and you have Trey McBride false start and knock you back 10 yards. And you know, that, that's, that also plays a role as well. I mean, it was it was that's not on drew petzing's shoulders right there i mean as far as your tight end jumping way early in in the the quarterback case they
0: were losing by that point though i'm talking about it's 16 to 10 and and you're not giving it's a one point game though but you're asking dobbs in a in a, a rainstorm in the fourth quarter to go down and get you points when you've you can't score touchdowns at that point like 10 carries for a guy who's averaging 4.4 4. 4 yards per carry or it might have been higher than that at that point in the third quarter. Uh, again, like I I would I would imagine they would like a redo on that. I, I I would I would venture to say, yes, we we would like to do that again. And it also speaks to the idea, like, if you don't trust Keontae Ingram right now, and I, you know, I don't want to give the guy too much grief because he wasn't put in you know positions to be successful, like go get another back, you know, get somebody else that can help out James Conner. You want to be a run dominant team. Which they showed signs of in the preseason yesterday, com- commit to the run, commit help Josh Dobbs out, give him a clean pocket. Man, it was so predictable when you, it's third and long. You let them pin their ears back and change the game, and everybody b- wants to blame a guy who's been here for two weeks. I just can't, I can't get on board with that. Like pe- Pet, Petey will be better, Dobbs will be better, Austin Ford will be better. But I just right now, it's it's one of those things where like they, there's there's people to blame, and I'm not putting it on the quarterback right now.
1: I blame you. Okay, I blame you for all the things that you said before this this week one.
0: <laughs> you told me Joshua Dobbs was <laughs> a franchise quarterback. Extend him. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, How come I wanted- he didn't
1: look like Tua yesterday, Johnny? How come he's not hey. like just throwing balls over the defense and just throwing for three or four touchdowns in a dub? How dare you?
0: I'm sorry. I, I hope too many people didn't wager on Josh Dobbs' overs.
1: Headline, his- career backup looks like backup.
0: That's right. Uh, <laughs> listen, I hope everybody made money on uh, the DraftKings sportsbook app. I would love to see it uh, come to fruition, but again, we're in a position right now where we have to be transparent. I did not bet on the Cardinals money line, um, but again, I took I took the spread, and I I appreciate them covering because you know good teams win, great teams cover, and we can help you cover with our friends. How about this at DraftKings sportsbook? DraftKings Sportsbook, a fantastic opportunity right now. Bo, have you used the the bonus code PHNX yet on DraftKings? You know I have. I absolutely I have because uh, you use it. Uh, I mean, you can
1: uh it's it's endless the opportunities because there's they're such a good partnership and we love everything that DraftKings Sportsbook is doing. Uh of course, drop that promo code PHNX and it's gonna get you set up. Uh Oh, so well to uh, get yourself rolling this NFL season. Football, of course, is back, and you don't want to miss out with the official sports betting partner of the NFL, DraftKings. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly, Johnny, and in bonus bets. It's unreal what's going Love that. on. Nobody's missing out on the action all season long. DraftKings customers can take advantage of two. Two new offers every game this September. Get on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use that promo code PHNX to sign up. New customers will bet just $5. Take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PHNX. Uh, the crown is yours with DraftKings, Johnny. Uh, you got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit uh, sot one Or www 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. In New York, you can call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H O P E E N Y to 47369.
0: Uh, of course, eligibility, deposit restrictions apply with DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't have a gambling problem, thankfully, but I uh, I do have a television problem, or I should say somebody in my family has a TV problem where they couldn't get the Cardinal game yesterday. They were promised the Cardinal game in their market they couldn't get it, and I thought to myself, you know, who could help out if you want to watch your favorite college team, NFL team, what have you? How about our friends at TV? 140-plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. I'm trying to find the remnants of the Pac-12 network this year. Uh, I can find it on Fubo TV to watch our precious Sun Devils, maybe a little Caleb Williams if the mood strikes. Stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. You want to watch... Deion Sanders and company go two and zero. Do it with our friends at Fubo. Pac twelve, ASU, U of A, the Cardinals. NFL Network, Red Zone. How about the U.S. Open for tennis, the Ryder Cup. Again, love Fubo. Love being a partner with them because I believe so much that they are the premium streaming TV provider. Watch your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubo.tv slash phnx again www.fubo.tv Dot PHNX to sign up. 15% off your first month. Again, it is worth it, guys. Check out the stream quality. Check out the selection of channels. You will not be sorry that you did. I want to get to another super chat here. Cardinals sin 96, $5.09. How about that? Thank you so much, Cardinal Sin 96. Gotta wonder how short the leash is for Dobbs. If he has a horrible performance in the first half versus the New York Giants, is it tune time? Good content, guys. Appreciate that. Appreciate that super chat. Um, I, you know, I do think that they're going to give him at least another week, but I said this on the post game show yesterday with you and and our guy, BG Bo. It's like, if if he looks bad again, and they're not competitive again, offensively, like Mm -hmm. there's nothing to say they can't make a change, but you had a great point yesterday. You can't put that Clayton tune genie back in the bottle. When you Mm -hmm. open, like going back and forth from Dobbs to tune until K one comes back. When he comes back, it's just counterproductive. So I, I, I do think that they they partially you don't owe anybody anything in the NFL, but like, can you can you let Dobbs have a couple of weeks to get in a rhythm with his team? Like, do you want Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson and company to go from Colt McCoy to Clayton Tune with David Blau and here's Josh Dobbs and going back to Clayton Tune? It's like. How about a little consistency fellas?
1: Yeah. You need some continuity at the position. And I think that they're going to try to establish that. I don't get any sense of urgency to, to pull Joshua Dobbs out of there. I mean, just listening to the post game and then talking to Joshua, Jonathan Gannon today, it seems like they have confidence that he's going to turn around. He's going to pick up the system and be the guy that they thought they traded for. And a guy that they, they tried to woo to this organization back in March unsuccessfully. I think that yeah. they, they have confidence in Dobbs now. Jonathan Gannon speaking today. You know, obviously he, he understands it's not all sunshines and rainbows. That he's not out there, and and this that offense didn't look like the greatest show on turf for you know the Cardinals with Kurt Warner at quarterback and three thousand yard receivers. But this is what Gannon wants to see from Dobbs in the Yeah, I, I don't think it's just Josh. I think it's all of our guys operating a little bit better. You know, the thing that I when I talked to you guys after the game that I didn't realize, I kind of realized it, but I didn't have the concrete data. Um, was the negative yardage plays you know and that kind of set us back on some things and you're playing the game in third and long all day it's it's tough you know it's a that's a good defense and they execute well and they give you a lot of different things um, so I think to help ourselves out we got to eliminate some of the negative yardage plays obviously the two turnovers you want to turn the ball over um, those are two critical plays but all things that we can correct moving forward and I think Josh will have a good week and we'll operate a little bit better so there you go. Pretty cut and dry. I mean, it doesn't match, you know, the uh, the outrage and and the frustration of the fan base. They, I think Jonathan Gannon's real realistic where where Dobbs is and where he can go in a short amount of time. Uh, I mean, they're back on the practice field Wednesday. They get three days of practice and then a Saturday before home opener on Sunday. And they get to take on a, a, a down New York Giants team that Gannon has a
0: lot of experience with from his time in the NFC East couple more super chats. Free matter for the blind, friend of the program, $5. Thank you so much. Love me some Kazir White. He's my favorite new killer. Not mad at all about that hit. Now they're my man up. That's what Isaiah Simmons should have done in the preseason. And we talked about it yesterday, Bo. I do feel like those, those personal fouls, well, there, there's no excuse. You don't want to give the other team a, a gifted touchdown. Like mm-hmm. we got what they were trying to do. They were trying to be physical and set a tone. And I don't expect this team to come out And have a bunch of personal, you know, personal foul penalties to kick off games. And I mean, I thought Kazir White, I almost tweeted this out, but I thought people would come at me too soon. I thought Kazir White looked the most comfortable as an inside linebacker, green dot on his helmet since like Jordan Hicks, Carlos Dansby-esque. And it's Mm -hmm. because it's his natural position. And it's it is kind of comforting to know like, hey, they know how to develop inside linebackers now. They're not taking these guys in the first round and forcing them out of position to be hybrid players. Like this Kazir White's just really good at what he does. And it was on display yesterday.
1: Yeah, I I, I love what we saw from Kazir White being the leader of that defense. And yeah, he made the mistake in, in hitting the quarterback when his feet are on the white and the out of bounds marker and and you had another hit like that. That penalty, that penalty-driven touchdown, where Washington produced and manufactured only 24 of their own yards, and the rest was via Cardinal penalties, where they find pay dirt uh, to kind of open the game. That that opened up the eyes of, of the Cardinals on the on the sidelines and on the playing field, and really after that. They they were they were very rarely penalized and you know Jonathan Gannon spoke to that today. So did Dennis Gardeck and said they've had several conversations about that as well. Uh, they, in in the meetings today as a team and as a defense and as a position group, they've 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 covered that. Uh, and then there was the penalties like I mentioned, and there was the penalty that I saw in the chat about Paris Johnson Jr. Jonathan Gannon. Took responsibility for Paris Johnson Jr.'s penalty, uh, where he he kind of got after a player post play, um, who I think might might have either hit uh, Dobbs or or James Conner. I can't remember who the, the ball carrier was, but he, JG basically said that's on me because I didn't I didn't really fully explain the rules to him. He he didn't know you know what he could or couldn't do, and they're really I think they're emphasizing it now because of how costly the penalties were in
0: yesterday's loss. Another super chat, this time $10, super generous. Thank you so much for the end of the program, Jalen Blair. This is an interesting point. Maybe it won't matter if Toon or Dobbs is starting. JG had an offense in mind tailored to K1. Maybe this offense won't look explosive until K1 is back, kind of how Miami O needs Tua to be explosive. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I definitely think the explosiveness is going to be limited until Kyler Murray comes back in his K1. Here, here's what I will pose to my co-host here and I sent this to him yesterday and I I, I don't I don't succumb to this mindset but I do think it's an interesting talking point mm-hmm. eight defensive head coaches lost yesterday and I think I think this organization got into a cliche trendy habit when they hire Cliff Kingsbury offensive head coach with a quarterback let's do that like so many other teams I don't think that whether gannon specializes in one unit or the other it, it matters long term if he can be a you know leader of men but yeah. I, I do hear that a lot in the media and the fan base it's just like well they need an offensive head coach because it's an offensive league and you saw yesterday the defense literally did everything they could and they still lost what, what's your opinion on offensive or defensive head coaches
1: uh, in- I'm pretty indifferent. I, I think, you know, if you're a good foot, head football coach, you're a good at f- head football coach. I mean, we've seen the pendulum sway so often in the trends of the game. And sometimes, you know, uh, an offensive kind of heavy minded head coach like an Andy Reid or a Sean McVay, they'll rip off a couple Super Bowls here and there. Doug Peterson sprinkled in. And then you've got, you know, the Belichick's, you've got the Tomlins, you've got, you know, the defensive first guys. Um, and it's just going to come down to which head coach is going to put his team in the best position to win, who has, you know, the best talent, who can elevate that talent, and who's going to put them in the correct positions and make the correct adjustments, who's going to delegate to their coaching staff the right way, and and is is, is Jonathan Gannon going to be able to put his offensive play caller in a position for success? Like, you see the guys, the defensive guys who lost yesterday, like a Brandon Staley, I mean, yeah, that's – that's rough, right? Brandon Staley just can't, he doesn't seem like he's a head coach quality football coach, right? Certainly he just, doesn't know defense. He's overmatched. Right. And then you've got, you know, uh, I don't know, Matt Eberflus of, of, you know, Chicago it's, he's overmatched as well. It feels like. So uh, it's, it just kind of comes down on is the guy NFL level head coach. And I think yeah. a lot of those guys aren't. So, I, I'm not buying too much into like, oh, well, you got to have an offensive coach if you want to win. I just, I'm not, I'm not on that yet. I haven't done A great that coach is a,
0: is a great coach. Absolutely. Uh, I'm of that mindset. I mean, Nick Zariani with no specialization on either side of the ball went to the Super Bowl last year. And I, I, I think Jonathan Gannon has the goods to stick around long term here, but he's got to win games. And uh, hopefully he can win games this year. Who's going to help him do that in trending up? Trending down for this team. Who needs to step up and who needs to continue riding the hot hand for this team? We do it every week during the football season. Trending up first, Bo Brock. What do you got? I have head coach Jonathan Gannon.
1: Oh. I, think he, I think he proved a lot of naysayers wrong yesterday. Uh, a lot of people are counting JG and his entire team out before they even took the field in DC. And I think there are a lot of those doubters are pretty quiet. Sure, the Arizona Cardinals could have shut up a lot more people with a dub, but I think people are buying in even more so to Jonathan Gannon. I think JG is trending up even more so, even on this show, where we're big JG supporters. And then I got a couple guys on the defensive side of the football that I knew weren't gonna get love from my co host. So I had to dig deep. I had to go oh, okay, like bro. I had to go nerd style. I, I went, you know, above just chalk. Uh, Victor Dumasky had a had a big play, that big punch out. He he started the game at pass rush for the Arizona Cardinals. Kind of a surprise to me, and uh, he's a guy that's trending up and, and good for Victor Dumasky, a six round pick. And then how about an undrafted player and Jonathan Ledbetter? He got himself a sack. I think he's one of your most reliable interior defensive linemen and can play you know that three four defensive end as well. I love what I saw from Jonathan Ledbetter. JG Nick Rollis, elevating a six round pick out of Duke and a guy in Jonathan Ledbetter who comes
0: from Georgia but goes undrafted. Love to see it. I like all those picks. Listen, I I, I recognize what the you know what we had at stake yesterday with the defensive line and how they outperformed everybody's expectation. Yeah, but what, you're gonna have like Dennis Gardek, Like, yeah, we knew he's gonna be on there, and you're gonna hey have Jackass. Don't do <laughs> alert. My trending up for the people. They've been waiting all day for this. I Ledbetter to me. It, you know, Duma Keiji's solid, and he's in a loaded pass rush group. better to me, like, that's the weakest position group on the team, in my opinion. Can he Can he be a guy? Can he be a guy that emerges under Gannon? Because he, the prior regime, for all their faults, they gave him snaps last year. So that was good to see. Uh, here's what I like, and, of course, Bo just spoiled it. How dare you? Trending up for Johnny Venerable here. It's Dennis Gardeck. I feel like I had to do this, Bo, in part because – I talked so much grief about Dennis Kardec. I said, "What are you? why is he on the roster? What's going on? I had a lot of aces this offseason. This was not one of them. Kudos to Dennis, number 45. Um, he, he couldn't rush the quarterback under Vance Joseph, and yet he continued to start games. And yesterday, in, what, 28 snaps, he had two sacks. Game-changing strip sack, or what we thought. Kudos to Dennis. If Gannon likes him, I like him. That was a tremendous performance. He's spinning off of their tackle. I mean... And then he meets with the media and he's super likable. Like, I get it. I just, to me, it's like you got to earn it and you got to earn it with your play. And Dennis has had so many opportunities and he just seems like a perfect fit as a rotational player under Gannon. So kudos to Dennis. Give him all the flowers. I was wrong. I'll take the L there. I was not wrong about this. Kayvon Wallace is better than Isaiah Simmons right now. He's a better football player. Number 22, fourth rounder out of Clemson. The Cardinals legitimately got gifted a gift from the football gods. This is a guy I think that's going to stick in the secondary long-term as the third compliment safety to Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. How about his open field tackles yesterday? I, I know everybody wants to talk about pass breakups and close on the ball. Like he had open field tackles that pre- prevented first downs on third down. Critical mm-hmm. player in the secondary. Love the visor. Um, it just The aesthetic of Kevon Wallace is elite. I'm so glad he's on the team. And then Trey McBride, like, Two catches, two targets, looked explosive. He needs more targets. Like, point blank, he, I thought he was more explosive and more reliable than Zach Ertz yesterday. He's, he's what, 22 years old? Like, what are we doing, Drew? Pet team? We got 10 targets for Zach Ertz. I'm not about that. Trey McBride, take the training wheels off. If you're so dead set on going after the tight end in this offense with Josh Dobbs, Number eighty five needs needs to be the focal point. It's it's a young man's league. Let's go. What are you waiting for?
1: It's really interesting that you have Trey McBride on your trending up because when I look at my trending down, I've got Trey McBride. Oh my, on my god! Trending down. I'm egregious. Yeah. No, it's not egregious. That you they played. Zach Ertz, who's coming off knee surgery from November over Trey McBride. Like they clearly favor Ertz over McBride. Snap. They, play,
0: they played a lot. They both played a lot. No,
1: they, I mean, Trey McBride played 23 snaps yesterday. That's it. I mean, that that's not a whole lot of snaps for a guy that, you know, you and I both had high expectations for going into his second season. Yeah. Trey McBride played 37% of the snaps, 23, while Zach Ertz coming off knee surgery, and not playing in the preseason and coming off PUP a month ago, played 48 snaps, that's 77%. And then Jeff Swaim, he nearly outsnapped Trey McBride. He had 18 snaps, which was right around 29%. Something's up. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's because McBride had his own process throughout the preseason and training camp. Maybe he's still dealing with some things and not 100% healthy, but he can't beat out or, or at least get the same amount of snaps as, as Zach Ertz coming off his, his injury and his age. I, I don't know. So that's, that's why I've got him trending down. I certainly don't have him trended up. I mean, I saw the two plays he made and I was encouraged by it. So why aren't they giving him more opportunity? I don't think you can have a Cardinals trending down list today on Monday without Joshua Dobbs. I just, I, I, I can't, Go, I, I think that would be a huge omission. I feel like that's rude. I feel like you're being rude. <laughs> I just think that it's you have to have it. I mean, the guy came in and, and caught, you know, he cost the Cardinals the game with the two turnovers. Just going to trend him down. I hope that he's trending up, but in the, at the right time when the Cardinals open up their home slate on Sunday, and then Elijah Wilkinson, a guy who outright won the left guard job, had the the roughest day of any of the Arizona Cardinals offensive line on Sunday, so he's trending down. <sighs>
0: I Pretty thought good. I thought Trey looked good yesterday when he was targeted. You want to make a bigger case? That's an agenda. I I think Gannon likes Zach Ertz from their time in Philadelphia, and I think like Zach Ertz has accomplished more. Zach Ertz to me looked like a player yesterday that just I don't, should not get ten targets. So if your if your argument is and he's getting targets over McBride, and that's an indictment of McBride. I I okay. I can I can get on board with that. But when, when McBride was targeted, he's got more explosiveness, and I th- he Michael Wilson had that nice block to spring him. Let's just not forget about Trey. I, I, I know, needs to be why, here. Why, why is the coaching staff? I don't know. It's a good question. And, again, he he was at times a little lackluster in the training camp and didn't participate. So if I'm going to knock Colt McCoy for not participating, I'll knock Trey McBride. I just, you know, you had a great stat, just under 30 snaps. I, it felt like he was on the field more than, than that yesterday and, and they ran a lot of two tight end, but man, 10 targets for Ertz is, is not it. Here's my trending down right now. Um, again, I, I, it's, it's one of those things as we, um, we look at my squad here, like Drew Petzing, I did not have a good day. And all I hear about is these like wonderkins, Drew Petzing, Nick Rollis. Well, one of them looked like a future head coach yesterday. And one of them looked like an offense that couldn't get a touchdown in today's NFL. Like that, that's, that's really hard to do and I did not like his play calling in the second half. Am I still high on him long-term? Yeah, I, and I love this offensive philosophy rooted in the Shanahan's, But and you could also say the Cardinals are limited at some spots offensively, but they were in a position to, you know, I don't even need points from your offense. Just control the game in the second half we talked about it in the first segment. Just, just not a fan of what what he did. was not his best, and then we just mentioned it. Like, you, you're you dogging on my tight end. I'm going dog on yours. Uh, Zach Hurts. <laughs> Trying to pick up his teammate, dropped a touchdown in the end zone, dropped a, a first down inside Washington territory to extend drives. Like, if I, Joshua Dobbs has been here for 14 days. Yeah. Zach Kurtz is saying, I'm ready to play, and they're going to play him and give him 10 targets. You need to catch those, those kind of balls. I get it. They're, they're high. They're high because they're coming from a backup. You're, you're making good money this year, as is DJ Humphreys. Like, I look at this team, fair or not, here's how I'm going to judge it in the year of our football lord, 2023. Who is getting paid a premium to do a job? It's why I was dogging Dennis Gardeck, because he's making, for relative to the Cardinals, via over the cap, good money. But he performed yesterday. Kudos to, to Dennis Gardeck. Get your game check. DJ Humphreys got worked by the defensive line from the Washington Commanders. Paris Johnson didn't. Uh, Will Hernandez didn't. Big big number seventy four was out there getting worked on third down and and couldn't couldn't protect his quarterback for, 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 from fourteen days ago. So uh, to me, it's like okay, at the end of the day, you want to make eight figures. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm you're gonna get graded on a curve, and it's gonna be a difficult one for you to be graded on. I expect more. It's like people want to throw the Kyler Murray forty five million dollars. That's fine. We can have that argument. When Kyler Murray comes back and he doesn't perform, we'll we'll be I'll, I'll critique Kyler Murray. I've done that last year. You get paid a premium. You've been in this league. You got a C on your chest, and and you're making critical errors in the second half. You're you're on my list. I'm not gonna get you can get after like the rookies and Michael Wilson and Keitrell Clark. It's like no, those guys are learning on the fly. They brought back DJ Humphreys. They gave him a bunch more guarantees to not have it carried in 2024. Why they do that? He's making 14, 15 million dollars as the franchise left tackle this year. Was not good enough yesterday to help them win.
1: Self-serving media say you can't include Petsing as quarterback couldn't have learned the full playbook. You know, I wanted to put this on, on the trending up and I think Nick Rollis deserves to be on that, but his, just his defensive front, just the rotations, and it was a true absolute rotation from their defensive linemen to their pass rushers. I mean, you saw just a deep group go out there where it's, Dar- it's Gardak, it's Gardeck, it's Duma Cagey, it's Zayman Collins, it's Jesse Lucetta, uh, it's BJ Ujolari, it's Cameron Thomas, and then on the defense, you know, it's Ledbetter, it's it's Kevin Strong, it's Carlos Watkins, it's all those guys, and they're being as disruptive as possible because they're fresh, they're versatile and we hear from Dennis Gardek today and he was asked about it it's like how do you feel about this being a rotation what makes it so successful this is what Gardek had to say
0: I'm going to say it again we got dogs in our room
1: um, so being able to roll Rolodex that and everybody's got their own play style got their own
0: unique kind of twist on what that, that pass rush looks like um, how, how are you ever getting
1: settled in your sets or whatever, as an offensive lineman, you got to be able to flip back and forth. on, okay, 25s across from me, 45s across from me. How are they different? 43s out there now. He's running through me. I know 43 is hitting something. Um, so just knowing that having somebody constantly rolling that stuff is—it's uh, it, added to. Okay, what's my job? What's my assignment on this job? It just adds to their mental stress. We got dogs in that room. He said it twice in the press conference. He loved to hear it. I loved what I saw from that group yesterday. They, you know, the violence, the, you just getting after the quarterback, hitting the shit out of the guys, having to scale it back so they they play within the rules. I just, I just loved what I saw from it. You know, the Gardak had two sacks. He had, he had a quarterback hit, the TFL. You, I think he was our X Factor the game on our post game. We had Zavin Collins with a pick. It was just, it was I, I loved what I saw and I, I love that mentality and they've got this chip on their shoulder. I swear I've seen Gardeck in a mosh pit before in Boston. Fort, that's a great, that's a
0: great uh, chat right there. Yeah, as Jose says, no egos in Arizona, just work, and that's what they tried to do with this team. It's why Isaiah Simmons isn't here anymore. It's why DeAndre Hopkins isn't here anymore. Like, the, do you think those guys could help them this year? Sure, but they said no. We're gonna go with the alternative, which is. Everybody who's bought in, bought into the bird on the helmet, bought into the team. And, I mean, Dennis Gardeck is the literal poster child for that. So, kudos to him. Um, I'm excited for this defense to have an opportunity to play another struggling team at quarterback, which is Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. And um, at Topic64, friend of the program, Super Chat, ninety nine. We win with Kyler Murray-type quarterback play. I I would say one step further, I mean, you win with just average quarterback play yesterday. Mm-hmm. You get... One touchdown, one interception, one touchdown, one turnover, like they win that game. And so I I'm never gonna say don't be frustrated with Josh Dobbs, don't be frustrated with the ineptitude. Uh just try to provide some context around it. But I I do think they're gonna be better offensively this weekend. It's hard to it's hard to get worse, Bo.
1: Yeah. And I think that that pass rush group, that defensive front. They have a chance to replicate their performance from Sunday if not improved. Did you I mean that Giants offensive line looked awful on the,
0: the only field. team that had more sacks than the Cardinals were the Cowboys with yeah. seven. Cards
1: had uh six and, and J G has feasted on the Giants in his career in five games, including in the postseason. He's I think he's he's lost one. He's he's won four, and he's only let them into the 20 points once he's given up 22 points to the Giants. Everything else was uh 13, 10, 16, and seven in the playoffs. I mean, JG knows how to coach against that Giants offense, you know. So, and they've been a bad organization for for a while. And they yesterday or last season was kind of the the outlier. And we'll see if Dable can repeat success. I know they're going to be hungry to turn things around and and uh, kind of have a short memory of Sunday night, but Jonathan Gannon, Nick Rollis, that defensive front, that entire defense is going to be on a mission to make sure they don't get on the right track.
0: Absolutely. The future is so bright defensively. Bo, could you say you got to wear shades? If you're going to do that, you might as well dip in with some shady Ray shades for 50% off two pairs using that bonus code pH and X. You had a chance to dip out to the greater Scottsdale area on Friday night, pick up a couple pairs of shady rays on the cheap. That's right. I got uh, I got two pairs of shady rays. I told the guy in
1: person. I just said promo code PHNX, and he said you're a weirdo. Get out of my face. Did you no. yell <laughs> uh, we had a good conversation, and then I was I said it like a weird robot. Uh, but he was nice enough. Gave me my. off two or more pairs of sunglasses at Shady Rays, that Carolyn Commons location. It's nice. You can see their entire product line there. You can also find it online. If you don't live near Scottsdale, you're elsewhere in the Valley, or you just want to just order it online, go to ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code PHNX and find out why 250,000 people are rating it. Five stars. Shady Rays.
0: Promo code P-H-N-X. Excited about Shady Rays, more excited, equally excited, I should say, to talk to you guys about Wink. Wink, right now, sister product of Countdown, and it is a seltzer with just a wink of THC. See what I did there? How high are you going to get with Wink? Well, just a wink that you're going to enjoy not only during this summer but into this fall as it remains triple digits here in Arizona, it's one of the hottest uh, summers on record. Why don't you enjoy the perfect balance of C- THC and CBD? They call it the Golden Ratio. We're super excited. Uh, Wink's made in-house. No, no fluff, no garbage, zero calories, sugar, or alcohol. It tastes just like your ref- refreshing flavored seltzers. I sure as heck could use one today. Available in either 2.5 milligrams or 5 milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all sunday good dispensaries in the valley botanical dispensary in down in tucson and now there are other 12 states nationwide they're going to be launching it and you can have it delivered right to your home uh, online the fastest way to get your hands on it go to drinkwink.com i want to get my hands on some numbers bo brock pertaining to what i think is going to be a budding superstar for the arizona cardinals this was on twitter today Mm-hmm. via paris johnson jr's afternoon i know we had talked about you know the offensive line wasn't great i think paris had roughly the 55 54 pff grade but in terms of him as a pass protector mm-hmm. he had 38 pass blocking snaps yesterday in route to mm-hmm. zero sacks zero pressures zero hurries this was from pff and nfl rookie watch would you make it a big man yesterday because i you know i see these numbers and i'm like do I need to go back and rewatch the tape? I thought he was solid, but supposedly on pass blocking downs, he was borderline dominant again.
1: Yeah, he looked good as far as pass blocking goes, and I think that that was probably because the Washington defense was gearing up to slow down the run. I mean, they just knew that if they they could keep James Conner in, in that run game at bay, that they had a good chance of getting the Arizona Cardinals you know, offense off the field. And, and it was weird to see, uh, be probably because they were stacking the box a little bit he, you, you saw Paris Johnson and the rest of the offensive line struggle uh, in run blocking. It's yeah. usually, especially on his side of the offensive line. And what is one of his strengths was at Ohio state was run blocking. And you saw him, you, if you, if you buy into, or, or you want to take anything away from the pro football focus grades, struggled mightily in, in run blocking. And so did the entire group. So um, it's great to see, like, I I think that that's a solid start. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it could have been better, but it wasn't, I mean, if that's the worst we're gonna get from Paris Johnson, I'm sure at some point he's gonna have to. He'll give up a sack here and there, but I, I, you know, you have to like what you you got from the six overall pick. I'm I'm still not gonna I'm not gonna be one of those guys and say, oh, we'll look at what uh, uh, the kid from from Georgia did the 10th overall pick that had the character red flags, Jalen Carter. It's just like the guy was off the board and, you know, getting a premium position in one of the, in the best tackle in the draft and him in, in, in his first, in his debut putting up what he did 38 snaps or 38 option opportunities. And he didn't give up any pressures or sacks. You'll take that.
0: I mean, to me, it's a, it's a passing league. So if I'm going to pick one of two two yeah. facets for him to be elite at, and I think he's going to be a good run blocker over time, I, I would rather him be an elite pass protector. Like guys in the NFL, like McGlinchies of the world from San Francisco, they bounce around teams. They, they specialize as run blockers, and they're terrible in pass protection. That's why he's on the Denver Broncos now. Mike McGlinchy out of Notre Dame. Here's what I will say. I think Paris is going to get stronger and more physical, because he's what, 20, 21 years old, give him an offseason full with Cardinal strength and conditioning coach. They didn't get their hands on him until what, May, June, July, this summer now. So I, I think, you know, you're going to be asked to move around Duran Payne and Montez sweat and company that, and Jonathan Allen, that's very difficult for a 21 year old to do. But I think his, and I posted this on Twitter today, I think his technique is already really strong. And that's what yeah. matters at the end of the day. Like, Levi Brown was was a strong dude for the Arizona Cardinals. Came out of Penn State, was there four years. His technique was terrible,
1: and it never got. Josh better. Josh Jones right? was the same thing coming out of Houston. Like right. he, he had the size, he had the physicality. Uh, in in college, he could just kind of impose his will. But if yeah. you don't have that technique, if you don't have your uh, sound mechanics, uh, you know, at the NFL level, they'll 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 find where they can kind of get around you. And Barrett Johnson Jr. hasn't shown that yet. It's it's no. a solid
0: foundation, absolutely. Uh, I was really impressed with Paris. I mean, if Paris has games like that and he just improves every week, like it's a franchise left tackle, I think, mm-hmm. in 2024. Franchise tackle if they keep at right tackle. Uh, the rest of the rookie class, I thought, solid. Keitrell Clark played the entire game, which is great. He solidified himself as a, a focal point in the secondary. Didn't give up any big plays. Doesn't I thought se- that secondary in general. yesterday. I know we're talking about the rookies. It's one of the best games I've seen defensive backs play for this team since – the no fly zone circa 2015. I mean they were outside of Marco Wilson's long penalty. They were fantastic. So, you know, Keitrell Clark, Michael Wilson had the catch. I mean, the rookie class, I I thought held their own yesterday against Washington. They
1: did. No, I mean it was encouraging and it was it was exactly what the coaching staff said like if they're going to be on the roster, they're going to have they're going to get playing time. We expect them to contribute and they did. I think you uh, you liked what you saw from Michael Wilson in the run game far as blocking downfield only two targets then they have a whole lot of opportunities in the past game so you know look for Michael Wilson and maybe get going in week two against the Giants what does Robert want to come through the screen about uh, to, to me about does anybody know
0: I'm not sure but it probably just your general demeanor and yeah. aura. <laughs> just my smug, you a smug punchable, punchable face today. I feel like yeah Aaron Rodgers got carted off. Maybe he wants us to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's my One. fantasy
1: quarterback. I needed 10 points from Aaron Rodgers. I talked a lot of shit today in my my fantasy group chat. And can I interest
0: you in zero? He's <laughs> getting X-rays. That ain't good. That's no
1: good.
0: Zach Wilson, though, pick him up on the cheap waiver wild uh pickup. It to, to me, there even with the quarterback play yesterday, there were I think so many more positives than Negatives, opportunities for the Cardinals, and um, hopefully they can build on that. Because yes, this is about twenty twenty three, but it's about. I mean, this this rookie class hopefully is going to be the foundation of this rebuild.
1: <laughs> Robert is a killer. He's he's exactly what JJ's looking for uh he's got that fire in his gut. Yes, he does. Cardinal uniform. As does everybody. We went over 1 million YouTube views over the weekend. Big thank you to everybody out there that uh watches, consumes, likes these videos, and subscribed to PHNX Sports. It's been an incredible 2023. It's just getting started obviously with the season kicking off yesterday, but throughout the off season, big thank you to everybody. Uh this conversation on a daily basis, it's uh it's it's the best part of my day. Uh big thank you to everybody uh, that's that's made that
0: possible absolutely echo that and i say you know what let's celebrate that million views here on youtube with some illegal Pete's because Ooh. i mean let's talk about some patio beers it's still hot as hell and that means i want to drink outside with some patio beers from illegal Pete's. i also have been known to dabble as my co-host did on friday night or saturday on some margs strongest right. in arizona are you a margs guy Bill brock I'd like a
1: nice margarita, especially if it's Illegal Pizza, They do it right over there. They blend up the best, Margs.
0: Fantastic. You know, we are spoiled because our partners are just so supremely gifted at cooking up the best food, especially Illegal pizza bowls, taco bowls, salads, burritos. How about a f- plate of loaded nachos and a Marg? That doesn't sound good right now. Piping hot queso once the weather drops. I think uh, we're in good shape regardless because Illegal pizza is your go-to spot this fall for the NFL season and college football. Stop by. How about this happy hour? Five hours long, 3 to 8 p.m. every day at all 12 locations. Happy hour sounds great. I can go and catch the last two hours after the show's over. Legal Pete's, the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer for 28 years here in the Valley. Your go-to spot
1: for Cardinals info, or, of course, Suns, Coyotes, Rising. I mean, the full... Arizona Sports Slate, you can find it. Go pH Become a diehard today. We're gonna diehard got you a pair of tickets to the home opener yesterday at our watch party. You could be next. Find out what's going on, what kind of uh contests we have in order to get tickets to future games, plus swag we've got these hats on today johnny's got the phnx football t-shirt on as well you can make that your yearly yearly shirt or hat become a diehard today go to phnx.com and of course the phnx locker.com it's my fantasy football team is in shambles aaron Rodgers is done for the night as according
0: to ian rappaport he went in he's in a
1: walking boot and he can't take snaps in a
0: walking boot I'll you might as that. well walk your ass over to Waffle House right now, my friend. Get your walking boot on. Head on over to Waffle House for 24 hours of wrong league. Wrong league. I had Lamar Jackson in that league. How'd that work out yesterday? Lamar didn't to do a whole lot. Are you gonna win your are you gonna win your PHNX fantasy football matchup for week one? I don't think so. Yeah, I took the L as well. So the uh, football bros on the network here. Damon, are you gonna keep us alive with a win? I am. So I had a 99% chance to lose, but the Tua-Tyreek combo yesterday rode me to victory last minute. Unbelievable. They
1: rode you to victory, or did you ride them to victory? I guess I rode them to
0: victory. (laughs) And uh, Jesse's Waffle
1: House wagon, (laughs) 0-1. Yeah, Yeah, Jesse's squad, listen, there,
0: there have been better squads than Jesse's squad. That's for sure. I lost to Shane Diefenbach. Well, he's not yeah. even... He just I can go No, No, where he is. Uh, <laughs> da, I, and Dow scored 40 points for my defense, which I still lost. That's pretty depressing. Uh, you guys are the best. Somebody asked, tank Tuesday tomorrow. We will have our tanks on. We took a week break off. We're ready to unleash the guns tomorrow on this show. Join us. We're Absolutely. your tank.
1: Let us know at phnex underscore cardinals on Twitter.
0: Well, we believe you, even if you say that you've got to tank on. Send us a picture. Tag us at Cardinals on Twitter. Thanks to everybody who came out to BetMGM yesterday. Kickoff cards coverage this fall. We are back on a Tuesday. Can the Cardinals build some momentum ahead of the New York Giants? The home opener. Everybody loves a home game, right? Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you on Tuesday.